This is ILF Radio, our weekly podcast, where we peek into the soul of Indian heritage with our esteemed guests and listen through the old season walls. For this episode, we will camp right at the heart of Versailles and travel to a city from the 16th century. Located very close to the financial capital of Mumbai, the fort of Versailles, with its rich history, has been home to a dynamic group of population, and its architecture carries within itself the stories of many centuries, ranging from the Portuguese advent and their growing prosperity in the region, to the local rebellion, the many exchange of hands leading to its final ownership and subsequent downfall. The fort has had numerous tales to tell, and we'll listen to all of them in this week's episode. So let's march right into it. Hi, I'm your host Rashmi from India Lost and Found. For this episode, we have Mr. Pascal Lopez with us. Pascal Lopez is a computer engineer, historian, as well as a coin and stamp researcher. He holds a master's degree in numismatic and archaeology. A local resident of Versailles, he is currently pursuing his PhD researching about the Indo-Portuguese Maratha era along with coins and forts. He also conducts lectures and exhibitions on these subjects for university students. As a member of the Heritage of Versailles group, he conducts works to promote the heritage of the region. With 3,000 coins and 1,000 stamps in his armor, the National Center of Performing Arts invited him to exhibit his collection. His work on coins, stamps, and Basai Fort was appreciated by the government of Maharashtra. Mr. Lopez was invited by the governor of Maharashtra to understand the research work done by him and the team on the Portuguese church bells in Hindu temples. He has been awarded by the Mumbai Gautam Panchayat, Mumbai Coin Society, and Philately Society of India for his heritage works, coin, and stamp exhibitions. The Indian Peninsula region is surrounded by the sea, namely by the Indian Ocean, the Arabian Sea, and the Bay of Bengal. Its location made it favorable for countries around the world to carry out trade via sea routes. When Vasco da Gama landed on the Indian coast at Calicut in the year 1498, he became the first European to discover the sea route to India via the Cape of Good Hope. This set in motion the European colonization in India, beginning with the Portuguese setting up ports along the western coast. After fighting battles with various rulers, they laid their eyes on the northern Konkan region. They set up a trading place 60 kilometers north of Mumbai. The Portuguese named this town Bakem, the British called it Basain, and in present day it's known as Versailles. Soon this town became the capital of the Portuguese territory. And in time, the Versailles fort became a fortified city with people and amenities within the fort walls. It continued to be an important base for the Portuguese until it was lost to the Marathas in the year 1739. As a symbol of Maratha victory, the church bells were taken away and placed in temples across Maharashtra. In the early 19th century, the fort went into the hands of the British and eventually fell into neglect. 
Although a lot of it is in ruins, it still stands relevant in contemporary times. If you're a fan of pop music, you must have caught glimpses of the beautiful ruins of the Vasai fort in Coldplay's music video, Hymn for the Weekend. Let's find out more about this once bursting city. Mr. Lopez, welcome to ILF Radio. Thanks a lot, Prashmi. Uh, thanks for having me on ILF Radio. And it's always great uh, to talk about the Vasai fort. It's a pleasure, sir. So, you know, since you've been uh, associated with Vasai and the fort for a really long time, uh, what is your earliest memory of the place? Uh, I think, Prashmi, the earliest memory is from school days uh, when <laughs> we were taken for school picnics out there. Uh, I can remember having snacks in one of the monuments, having ice creams, which are like a luxury there. <laughs> and that time, Rashmi, in the picnic days, just to say this is the Vasai fort, uh, these are the ruins, these are stones, the walls. Uh, there was one uh, spiral stairs, which was very famously known as, and is known as uh, Chakrijina. <laughs> and they said, this is built by Shivaji Maharaj. And a lot of haunted stories have been around about it. So that was my introduction to the Vasai Fort earliest memory. And I still cherish those uh, memories. So that's uh, where I stand with the Vasai Fort when I remember it back then. Wow, that's, that's really wonderful. And I think childhood memories are what bring the most nostalgia you know, for all of us. Absolutely, so, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, now that uh, we know, you know, this Portuguese enclave and what we understand is uh, that the town was a significant trading center much before the Portuguese arrived. So, uh, tell us about its history and uh, what role did trade play in the advent of Pasai? Right. And uh, pre-Portuguese, this almost has uh, uh, ratings and listings back from the biblical era. Uh, where there is a mention of a place called Ophir, from where they used to take or bring gold or trade gold with. Uh, and that Ophir is nothing but Sopara and the Vasai region. Mm. Further beyond, uh, there is a traveler, an Italian Greek traveler, who has written this document called Periplus of the Athenian Sea, where again he talks of uh, Surparka. Uh, which is against Sopara, so they are referring to Sopara and mention of a port and a lot of trading activity happening there. They are also talking of the Roman coins they have used and in exchange the Indian coins of Nhapana that they have got back. So that's the kind of mention and trade mentioned right from that era. Now from there, uh, there is a lot of uh, hold in this area by the Shilharas and the Yadavas. Uh, Shilharas have a uh, lot of of coastal activity done around this place. And then further, uh, Bahadur Shah of Gujarat uh, also controlled this region. And he in fact had a tax collecting center. So ships and trading happening uh, from this place. So collecting tax for all that transportation that was happening was done by Bahadur Shah. Uh, and post that, uh, then there is advent of uh, Portuguese. So that's how the trading activity and movement around this place has been uh, there in the pre-Portuguese uh, era. Okay, okay. 
you know it's actually really good to know because uh, like most of us you know we think that it was only the colonial you know the british the portuguese who came and i think the you know we actually are so ignorant about what is really there and there were local rulers and you know so much more history to places before the uh, you know colonial uh, rule came into being so uh, you know moving on you know we know that the fort had various structures and housed a big population within its uh, fortification so how was life uh, inside the fort for uh, these people and uh, what did these structures look like in their heyday so the uh, wasai fort which now we see has got a fortification wall uh, around mm-hmm. it covers almost 110 acres of uh, space okay. uh, it also had a uh, association with the villages around so that entire uh, fort area and the villages around formed the uh, governance area in that in that times right and uh, around 300 residents are known in and around the fort who are the kinds of either soldiers uh, they are noble men either from portugal or from this place or they are artisans either carpenters or who can uh, work with uh, brick and stones so these are the kind of people that have been known now this place for uh, the wasai fort has uh, churches it has temples there are learning institutions uh, there is administrative office there are community places there is a hospital and there is also mint so from this we understand that if you look at the architecture of the fort mm-hmm. it's not Not a fort, but it's a fortified city. All this architecture typically is been built by the Portuguese then, and hence it has a lot of Roman or Italian style of uh, architecture. So you see Corinthian pillars, you see Ionic pillars, uh, you see the rose window, uh, the spiral stairs which have been built by them. So all these are using some real modern architectural concepts. Uh, the marks and inscriptions uh, that exist on the fort uh, can also be seen a lot of travelers like bukero and gamil uh, gurani was from italy they have written what has happened and or whenever they visited the fort what were the activities so they have talked of uh, market being there where people mm. used to buy and sell bamboos paper uh, they have talked of uh, ceremonies uh, that could be marriages or other ceremonies they have talked of certain sports that are happening within so this is how the place was and this is how uh, people have moved around the architecture and uh, certain activities that were happening in the fort at that time wow so the fort is really alive in in the real sense absolutely and rashmi when we do the heritage walk out there at times just to ensure that people really understand that and they can really see that in person when we are talking of these things they can really see that in person that how it is so basically the stones and walls mm-hmm. really then you can imagine how they would have looked and they almost start talking to you then yeah absolutely so uh, in when the context of the population the portuguese ruled over uh, what were the socio cultural implications of their advent in the region so i think uh, the region then and even now have people who have lived here for ages so like you know, even now the locals from here have lived here for ages uh, i think the advent of uh, a european power like uh, portugal in uh, this region 
has influenced a lot of things one of them is the food habits right so the coastal water really had a lot of different types of fish but typically the eels which are locally known as uh, newties and uh, the bombil bombay duck as we yeah. call it right they yes. are very much found in the region i think what portuguese brought to this uh, kind of fish is the kind of spice that they brought along with the spices that they brought to make it really tasty mm. uh i think they really brought in vinegar that helped uh, you know preserve food make the food more uh, uh, more uh, spicy or chili pepper certain dishes that were absolutely exclusively uh, introduced because of uh, the portuguese and i think it also has some influence from the british at times so like the vindaloo Uh, that oh, yes. is known by lo- a lot of people, but sarpetel uh, is a dish that very few people know. That was something that was brought in by them. They also influence the region by you know the kind of fruits and trees. For example, tomatoes, pineapples. These are all that have been brought by the Portuguese in the region. Uh, oh. Certain ceremonies. So, for example, uh, marriage, right? So, it is a mix of. Uh, the culture here and some of the uh, some of the procedures that have been brought by them so a uh, culture called umra sa pani where like you know you get the bridal water uh, for bath uh, before the wedding day uh, which is blessed with the fig fig tree so those are the cultures that get influenced uh, by them but at the same time you see while that culture exists so does the culture of having banana trees uh, at the setup of the ceremony mm. is a very indian culture and you know use of mm. ornaments for the ceremonies are very indian so it's a mix of culture that has now grown uh, in this in this region the dressing sense uh, right so use of the lugda which like you know very few women use now but like you know people are trying to preserve the culture and even young women are using that now which is like you know a red styled kind of a sari wore mm. in a different way and black hats that men men wore so those are the things that have got influenced even the religion uh, while you know there is a presence of st thomas st baltimore uh, in this region there is a mention of a church in sopara in the 12th century in the book of uh, jonardas but what happened with the advent of uh, portuguese influence is a lot of this got very well structured so you know building up of the churches uh, having uh, the bells to you know do certain uh, rituals at a defined time so those things have been socially influenced by the advent of the mm-hmm. wow that's really amazing the amalgamation of cultures no if i mean if that's what it was or what it continues to be yes yes i agree yeah so uh, you know so the resist- the resistance from the locals against uh, the foreign power is of course inevitable and the threat of being attacked uh, you know is always looming large so whom uh, did the portuguese consider a threat to their security and uh, what did they do to safeguard the fort so i think uh, from the uh, local perspective uh, they were managing the people in various ways and forms i think the biggest threat that uh, portuguese felt they had uh, were the marathas their advent upon them and uh, uh, 
uh, also the british who were in mumbai uh, while they had diplomatic relations with them but they were always uh, under threat uh, from them as well so these were the two big powers uh, from where they felt uh, threatened i think uh, while they were threatened they also had some relations with them so like you know there was this uh, marriage between the portuguese uh, princess and the british king so that existed mm-hmm. the marathas they had relations with them in form of like you know uh, the ship building the ship maintenance for the marathas was done by the portuguese mm-hmm. so they also had that relations uh, existing but uh, while they considered the threat coming up they really started building up the a fort wall which we see was not actually the part of the city that was getting built but as they felt that uh, there could be advent and threat from these powers to their existence uh, on the west coast uh, they started fortifying it the versailles fort is fortified with like you know 10 bastions which has really happened uh, considering this advent could coming they have a sea gate and a land gate and if you look at the way the protection mechanism is set on the sea gate side uh, mm. portuguese were seafarers right so mm. they had a lot of uh, presence in the sea in form of ships uh, cannons and uh, guns army armed with it so they were really not worried from sea side someone would really attack them because they they were really expert in it. on the land side they ensured that the wall was really thick Uh, so that it was really difficult for people to break it so that is the protection mechanism they have used from the uh, land side so that's how uh, they have uh, really ensured that they are protected okay and uh, can you tell us about the the historic uh, portuguese maratha war and how it ended and also were there uh, you know any architectural elements assisting soldiers during the war yeah so uh, the war uh, portuguese maratha war has lasted for almost 2 uh, years and uh, it uh, when they really wanted to conquer or take over versailles it really meant you had to take over other parts that were protecting this place so like the fort at bandra was part of the protection area of uh, the versailles fort right so it was falling within the domain of the versailles fort uh then there is a fort at thana there is a fort at daravi so all these uh, uh, were taken by the marathas uh, before actually taking over the versailles fort okay uh the treaty or uh, the attack uh, that was directly done on the versailles fort uh, the attack that happened has happened three times uh, from different parts but as i said that they had built the land wall so strong that it is really difficult for you know that mm. time with the technology to break it and uh, they were using different mechanisms they first tried to attack the maratha army tried to attack from the landed side where the wall is thickest and uh, that time the fort was covered on three sides with sea and this land gate was the only place from where there was an access to the land uh, so but they were not able to break it right so they tried to use a different approach uh, they tried to move around uh, uh, to a place where the water was less and try to see if they can break that wall because that block wall as portuguese felt that they are more protected from the sea was a little less thicker now that was around the bastion of uh, saint sebastian as the portuguese called it and this bastion also had a secret tunnel within it 
now the portuguese army the maratha army was standing outside the wasail fort just this this uh, bastion uh, and the whole attempt was to like you know break the wall and get inside now had they known i think this is my personal view that had they known that there is a Uh, secret tunnel if at the place where they are standing they could have really broken the small door of the secret tunnel and entered in but i think that time that information did not exist we now know that you know that exists the secret tunnel but that time that information did not exist but you know that secret tunnel was also acting as a mechanism for the portuguese sitting inside the fort as an um as a mechanism to speak to the spies that they had around right so they could enter through the secret tunnel and speak directly to the captain of the fort so the architecture of that secret tunnel is such that there are two entries uh, to the secret tunnel uh one from the captain's house which is on the periphery of the fort uh, on in the saint sebastian's bastion and one entry is from the other side of the fort but only known to few people and the entry from the captain's house is only known to the captain so the captain is able to speak to you know very specific people like the people who can provide him information uh, from this from this uh, secret tunnel so that's mm-hmm. how the architecture is also placed uh now the uh, when the marathas try to really get uh, in there they successfully managed to break uh, that wall uh, near the saint sebastian's uh, secret uh, bastion where mm. the secret tunnel exists and that's how they have then uh, entered into the uh, into the fort so that's how the war has uh, lasted for two years the entry from this fort really was uh, the point of turning and having the war getting concluded and the architecture which i feel as my personal view that you know had they known there is mm. secret tunnel they they could have really found the entry from there as well yeah yeah that that's quite impressive and uh, really well thought yes so, absolutely yeah so uh, you know like what were the events that uh, led to the final treaty of basain right so uh, i think the portuguese what was the strength of the portuguese one was from the sea uh, they had a direct connect with the other portuguese uh, enclaves uh, and in fact even with portugal right because uh, it is exposed to the international waters they used to get all the arms ammunition rations from this place and there was a side entry to the wasail fort from where Uh, these arms ammunitions and rations was brought into the fort mm. so like the land gate and the entire fort was being like you know seized by the maratha army and this is the place from where they were really getting all the requirements and hence they were able to survive uh, the portuguese within the fort what the marathas really strategically did was they captured the uh, island of arnala yeah where mm. exists the arnala fort which is built by the marathas so you know so sometimes there is a confusion the arnala fort is built by the marathas the wasail fort the structure as it is right now is built by the portuguese it was taken over by the marathas mm. so uh, the portuguese just had a watchtower at arnala which was like you know just to see if someone is entering the international waters through the international waters coming towards the wasail fort and help signal the wasail fort area that you know someone is entering mm. be, be cautious or like 
what the marathas did very strategically was they captured this watchtower because the watchtower had hardly any soldiers there right? so they captured the watchtower they actually built a fort there and they stopped anything that was entering into that place to come to the wasai fort so what happened was uh, the portuguese in the wasai fort stopped getting the rations they stopped getting the ammunition and anyways they were like you know uh, uh, not allowed to get uh, out from the land side of it mm. so i think this was one of the events that you know eventually made them more weaker then from the uh, seventh as uh, bastion when the marathas broke the wall and they started entering even from the land side of it uh, it became more difficult and that's when they have uh, signaled or shown the white flag the portuguese mm. from the highest point at the wasai fort which is near the land gate and uh, have called for a treaty uh, the treaty is signed uh, within the wasai fort in uh, the saint anthony's or the franciscan church as they call it in the courtyard of it uh kaltan uh, de souza was uh, the portuguese captain and two uh, uh, governing members from the maratha army really signed this treaty it's a 13 point treaty uh, the treaty talks of like you know what the portuguese can carry as they move out of the fort and also talks of preservation of the churches that were built and uh, that's how the treaty got signed and the war was uh, stopped and uh, concluded uh, what we need to note is while wasai and chaul were lo- lost uh, from the portuguese as part of this war goa daman and diu still stayed intact uh, okay. because uh, they were really advancing in these areas as well but as part of the consequences of all these events that were happening there was also an agreement to not take over goa daman and diu Mm-hmm. so that's how the basin treaty uh, took place some important points and uh, the reasons for to signing the treaty and conclude the a few things that i would like to mention is that uh, before the portuguese uh, we talked of the shilharas the bahadursha having access but you know the yadavas of devgiri uh, mm-hmm. they also controlled this region mm-hmm. and uh, with uh, alauddin khilji uh, adventing over devgiri uh, the region got influenced by the by the sultanate uh, kings alauddin khilji and mohammad taghlab uh, they are very well known there and uh, the king from devgiri who actually moved into the region of wasai even before bahadur shah controlled it is mm-hmm. many times known as the bonge raja or the bimba raja uh, when i try to look for these kings typically there are two kings who synonym with that name uh, either it is bhimdev bhim raja as they call it or it is bhillamadev bhillamadev raja okay. so i think these two kings have been around the wasai fort when the sultanate kings took over devgiri fort completely made it from devgiri to daulatabad and uh, bimba raja or bhimdev or bhillamadev uh, was around the wasai fort so he stayed around the wasai fort and they said before bahadur shah built the tax collecting center he had a small gadi which is like you know a, a place built with like you know four pillars and a place to stay mm. and even today if you visit the wasai fort the uh, the tax collecting center and uh, this uh, 
uh, Yadava kings uh, remains of like you know the stones that they could have used, the engraved stones that they could have used. We still see specifically in the citadel of the Vasai Fort mm. uh, the stones that the Portuguese have put up to build it, and you will find these uh, in between stones which are like having carvings or which are like you know having some other kind of styling styling mm. and we feel that you know these are the remains of the earlier existence of Bahadur Shah's tax collecting center and the body built by uh, Bimba Raja or the Yadava king so that was i think an important point uh, to note uh, in this in this entire context as well wow that's amazing and uh, this brings us to the end of this episode Thank you so much, Mr. Lopez, for taking us on a journey to a bygone era. It felt like we, you know, really traveled and witnessed the region through the centuries. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Parashmi, again. And I would like to tell all your viewers, if you if you like this narration of the Vasai Fort, then sometimes do make a point and visit Vasai Fort as well. It's a very interesting place to look at. Thank you very much. Yes. So for all our listeners, tune in to ILF Radio. Let India Lost be found.